Welcome back to Tiger Talk tonight here on KNDM and KNMO. Again, uh, Mike Harbour with you. Thanks for joining us here on the AM side only tonight, AM 1240 KNDM and KNMO.com. Liberal uh, postseason basketball over on 97.5 FM KNMO tonight, relegating us to the AM side. One little note as well. Next week will be our final Tiger Talk program of the season because the following week will be spring break. So uh, we're not going to ask the coaches to take time away from that. And uh, hopefully the seasons are still going on. But next Wednesday night will be the final Tiger Talk program of the winter sports season but uh, Sean Gray joins us now Tiger Red Coach how are you Sean? Doing good Mike uh, glad to glad to kind of be back in the swing of things yeah. and, and playing basketball again. Certainly a little different tone than what we had last Wednesday on the program that's for sure when you, there was a lot of unknowns about what was going to happen or had happened and uh, plenty of activity now we got a lot coming up so we're going to kind of breeze through these games and uh, we'll start with last Friday and uh, of course well just as an overall view actually I should start there you, you keep things rolling you've won 11 in a row now and uh, picking up some impressive victories along the way your team's playing real well right now. They are Mike and we we uh we just we really want to keep getting better, and that's that's the message from the beginning of the season all the way through. And uh, our guys haven't gotten tired of hearing it, and uh, continue to work really hard. Sixty-seven fifty-one was a score on Friday night against Metro Academy uh, out of uh, Shawnee, Kansas. This was a late addition uh, to the schedule uh, to uh, help Nevada get another game on there. Metro Academy was looking for one, and you pick up a sixty-seven fifty-one victory against a team that came in at eighteen and five on the year and uh, good solid victory led by Logan McNeely's twenty-four points. Yeah, our guys came out of the gate ready to play, and you, you never know after a long layoff. If you'll be rusty or if you'll be chomping at the bit ready to go and that that was it was definitely the latter for us and yeah they they were, they were a solid ball club a little little bit young i think uh, maybe the fact that we have an experienced group and then the fact that they have a younger group uh, when both groups are coming off of a long layoff uh, I think that was worked to our advantage just a little bit. Got to that quick start. If I remember, I was 11-0 run at, at the beginning of the ball game, and it had been 16-6 in the first quarter. And, uh, and they did work their way back into the game in the second quarter of play, but but still that initial start really put you in a positive light. Absolutely. We, we came out really good on the defensive end. And we talk a lot about the fact that defense leads to offense. When you get stops, pull those one-and-done boards and get going the other way, that kind of fuels us and gets us going. And uh, from the get-go, you know, Metro wanted to run everything through number 24, Connor Frisbee. And uh, Logan McNeely did a great job shutting him down and frustrating him. And he forced a couple shots early, and we were able to get those and get out in transition. And uh, really, I thought that start just kind of sparked us throughout the game. They did get off in the three-point line uh, in the second half of play. Uh, Elijah Baldovinas came off the bench with 14 points. But uh, they, they went to the arc and uh, tried to work their way back in the ballgame that way. They did, and watching them on film, we saw some of the same thing. They're a methodical, disciplined team, but when they fall behind, they kind of shift their style of play and become a much more perimeter-oriented team. Uh, you know, while it was a good, solid win, the probably the one takeaway was uh, we just once a guy's made a three, even if he's a role player on a scouting report adjust and don't find out if you can make two or three more. Didn't do a good enough job of that, especially in the second half. Well, you moved on to Saturday, a rivalry game against the uh, El Dorado Springs Bulldogs. Uh, again, again, it was rescheduled uh, uh, from a couple of days earlier, but uh, pick up a convincing 53-21 victory. No doubt you were certainly the heavy favorite going into that game. It's one of those games, again, where you want to make sure that uh, uh, you play to your ability. And uh, for the most part, it appeared you did that. We did. And in those rivalry games, you never know what you're going to get. And we always feel like El Dorado gives us a really strong effort and a lot of times maybe play above the level that they had been playing. 
Um, but our guys just rode that momentum again, it seemed like, from the day before um, on Saturday and just came out of the get-go. You know, Lane was hot from the three-point line. His teammates did a good job of realizing that and finding him. And, again, our defensive effort, I thought, was really, really good. And, uh, you know, at halftime, the one thing that we wanted to address, Mike, was um, some some – just some points in the paint that maybe they got a little bit too easily. And uh, it was a quick <laughs> halftime talk. Yeah. And then uh, just it was one of those where you feel like uh, whatever you said worked because uh, the defense in the second half was phenomenal. Yeah, it was. You held them to one field goal, and that was a three very late in the ball game. And in fact, uh, by a player who's one even on the roster, so I can't tell you who it was. But he had the only field goal in the second half. Other than that, two free throws. You pitch a shutout in the third quarter. You've had some stellar defensive uh, plays, uh, stellar defense in the second half in recent ball games, And it seemed like you took it to the next level there. They did, and, and we talked about in the second half working on the zone defense that we may have to play in the postseason and down the stretch here against some high-quality opponents uh, and, and working on it so that it can get better for those bigger games in the future. And our guys took that to heart, and uh, our zone looked really, really good. You mentioned Lane McNeely. He led the way with 19 points. Uh, uh, has been kind of a little quieter uh, scoring-wise of your three guards for most of the season, but seems to be really opening it up here at the end of the season. I think that Lamar game sparked him just a little bit. They threw a junk defense at us, and he, and, and he just, I think, was excited to attack that a little bit. And uh, ever since then, he's really been on a roll and really shown a lot of the things that we've known he could do all year. And while he's shown it in spurts, this has been the most consistent stretch that we've seen from him, and uh, that's really, really good for us because that's the kind of player he is, and that's the type of player we'll need him to be uh, in, po in the postseason. Well, he had 19 points the following game as well against McDonald County on Monday night, but that was overshadowed a little bit <laughs> in the performance that your other senior, Logan Applegate, put out there as Nevada picks up a 78-53 to victory against the McDonald County Mustangs back on Monday. Logan Applegate, 37 points, uh, 10 trays in the ballgame, and a little nugget from uh, that John Benili uh, put out yesterday that ties the Nevada Tiger uh, scoring record with the most threes in one ballgame at 10. Uh, Drew Clark had 10 back in 2001 and uh, certainly no surprise Chris Smith will be on that list. Uh, he had 10 in a game all the way back in 1990 against Neosha. I remember that game. That was one whale of a ball game but uh, the uh, shows how old I am. I remember that game <laughs> from 1990 but at any rate uh, it was senior night. Uh, uh, he passes. Uh, he gets back and he moves into the top into the fourth spot in the all-time scoring list, getting past John Kirch. Uh, so uh, obviously, just a phenomenal night uh, for your senior Logan Applegate. It was Mike, and senior night's always special to us. We we feel like um, when you have groups come through, and we've been blessed with some really good groups uh, in the last several years, but a group come through like this that's just put so much energy and effort into our program and into one another you want to see them play well on the night that's designated uh, for them and and they sure did that lane came out of the get-go and uh, we talked about on film we we identified a weakness on that left wing left corner of their zone and of their junk defense and that's the spot we had lane in and i joked with lane that it may be the night that he made you know six seven eight threes and when he hit those first two we thought okay here we go and then they kind of adjusted and started to shade that way, and then uh, uh, the rest is history with what Logan Applegate did. But fun to see Logan do that. And Logan plays his best in, uh, I don't know, high adrenaline situations. And uh, we've seen him in championship-type games. We've seen him against really good teams play his best basketball. And I think the fact that this was senior night uh, added some fuel to his fire, maybe – 
maybe the fact that coming off the district seed meeting, we felt like uh, we could have been seated a little higher. Maybe that fueled the guys a little bit as well. But they definitely played with a chip on their shoulder, and it was fun to see them play that way. And these weren't just 20-footers he was hitting. Uh, he was taking – I mean, we've seen him shoot some long threes, but uh, he was taking it to another level. At least over half of them were over 25 feet. They were, and then it was like after he'd made a few – it was like he just give me the ball and I'm going to throw it up and it's going to go in. And he hit one in front of our bench, Mike, that I don't know, short of blocking the shot, that McDonald County could have defended any better. They ran two guys at him, a hand in a face, a hand in the air, inches from him, and just uh, it was like nobody else was in the gym. And uh, I, it, that was one of the more fun performances I've seen in a long time. I don't know if he was getting tired, but uh, he, he missed a couple <laughs> late in the ball game. It'd been nice to see him get that one more to hit 40. It, it, yeah, we, we ran a couple plays. We ran an inbounds play for him. It uh, didn't quite work out, and then we had a, another wide-open three he got. and We teased him that it was too close. He was right on the line when he shot a couple of those, and had he backed up to the volleyball line, maybe would have had more success. Well, there were certainly other aspects of that game as well on Monday, which Nevada did win convincingly, 78-53. to And this is a team in McDonald County that can put some points on the board. Uh, they've, they've had some high totals during the season. They went kind of through kind of a murderer's row before you saw them on Monday playing Stratford, Mount Vernon. Uh, there was one other team in there I forgot, but uh, they had a, quite a stretch they had to play. Kind of slowed them down a little bit offensively. But you held them to 53 points, uh, which uh, – when you look at the rest of their schedule, it's pretty good. Absolutely. And they've got size, and a lot of it's their style of play. They want to get up and try to get deflections and steals. Uh, and then when they come the other way, they don't hold the ball longer than, you know, maybe 10 or 12 seconds on offense before they're going to take a shot. So, uh, especially in the first half, really proud of our defense. 18 first half points allowed. Uh, the three point line, again, got away from us a little bit in the second half. And, again, you get a little bit of a lead, mm -hmm. and maybe you start to work on some things. You start to go a little deeper into your bench at times. And so some of that plays in, into it. But uh, we have told our group after these last two or three games, we've got to defend the three-point line just a little bit better than we have. Ben Hines ends up with 13 in the game, and he's down inside with a couple of guys from McDonald County that are 6'6", 6, 6'10". 6, 6, uh, and uh, he's not normally outsized that much on a given night, but he certainly was that night. I thought 13-point effort was pretty good down inside. It was. Ben played really well. Ben has continued uh, to get a feel, uh, just continued to kind of uh, get his legs under him, so to speak, as the season has gone along. And as he's gotten better and better, that's really helped us uh, at both ends of the floor. And uh, that – transition jam uh, with he and Applegate was sure was a fun play as well yeah that was solid uh, yeah we, we've seen some dunks during the season not always real clean but that one that one was pure as, as you said and certainly a highlight of the game along with Logan Applegate's night at 37 points as well so that wraps us up from the previous week and Nevada's won 11 consecutive ball games and now a very busy uh, end of the week coming up and of course district play uh, getting underway early next week we will spend a little bit of, we certainly want to save plenty of time for that so let's kind of go through this again and chronologically logical order tomorrow night you're back at it i guess the fight nighters so springfield catholic who will come in at uh, 15 and 7 on the year i think i noted on there when you look at look at take a look at them they're they're 15 and 7 3 and 5 at home and they're 6 and 0 on the road <laughs> so and and you're playing them at home tomorrow night so i don't know what we take from that but obviously they like being in the bus uh, i guess so and i i think a lot of times especially in high school basketball uh your strength of schedule has a lot to do with that. And they've had some really tough opponents at home. And I think they've played like Stratford at home, East Newton at home, some teams that, uh, you know, were, were a pretty tall task for them to handle. But they've got a heck of a ball club, Mike. It all starts uh, with Zach Howe. 
Uh, he's averaging 26.6 points on the year. But if you look at his point totals in conference games, which includes a lot of games more recently, uh, he's averaging 36 points a game in those. And, and he will be the most dynamic score we will have seen all year. Um, and we've seen some good players, but – yeah, that's something when you when you face Grant over there at Pittsburgh. Right? Yes, and, and they're <laughs> they're different type players, but uh, he has, you know, he has the shooting range similar to a Logan Applegate, and and you know Logan is the best shooter from distance that, that I've ever seen. Uh, the How kid will will be right in that same discussion, but then what he brings that's so unique is a is a six four six five frame with some physicality that when you run him off the three point line, he attacks the basket. And he doesn't attack the basket for a fancy finish. He attacks the basket to get post position. And he'll then, once he gets in there off the dribble, will begin to pivot, use fakes, and he's very proficient scoring. Also, you know, if you guard him with a smaller player, they'll put him in down into the post and, and post him up. So uh, he's a three, a true three-level scorer, uh, just a dynamic player that uh, it will be a big, big challenge against. And then – They've got some nice pieces around him. Point guard Liam O'Reilly averaging about 12 points a game. He's really good at attacking the basket and getting to the foul line. So those that's kind of their two-headed monster, Hal and O'Reilly. And then just what you would expect from a Springfield Catholic basketball team. A lot of athletes, just a lot of good solid players all the way throughout with a lot of depth. So we'll have our hands full, and it, it's, a, it's a challenge we're excited for because we want to test ourselves uh, going into district play. There is no recent history between Nevada and Springfield Catholic and, and basketball. If, if you take a look, at, if you just go back to recent history for a Catholic, got an impressive win over a good Mount Vernon team, beat them handily actually by 21, 86-65, lost by four uh, to Easton. We know how good they are, and a five-point win over Hollister. So it uh, appears that uh, and this is another Class 5 team that you're playing in Catholic. Uh, they're in District 10, but a team that, uh, like everybody, looks wants to be playing well uh, towards the end of the season. Yeah. They're they're really really good. It's going to be a, a big challenge for us, and uh, you know, win, lose, or draw, uh, it's something that we think will make us better. Well, now, the next night you'll wrap up the regular season uh, against Logan Rogersville. This game was just added a couple of days ago to the schedule. It's going to be girls action only, but now it turns into a, a girl boy doubleheader. So Logan Rogersville uh, will be coming in at eighteen and five on the year. Uh, just won the uh, Big A Conference Championship with a victory over East Newton last night. Uh, pretty tight ball game, but uh, they did win it uh, 50 to 42 to win the overall Big A championship. So they did get that crossover game in here before the end of the season. But uh, you mentioned them um, earlier, when, and we've had some conversations about Logan Rogersville just because we were looking at possible matchups for a crossover game. I know this is a team you're very impressed with. Yeah, they, we knew they were going to be a solid team going into the year. Returned a lot of pieces from the team that we saw a year ago. Um, and then uh, over Christmas break or at at the end of the first semester, they had a, a young man transfer in from the St. Louis area, uh, Jonathan Dunn, about 6'7", super athlete, uh, very skilled kid. He was committed to Western Illinois. He's actually since decommitted and I think plans to attend prep school, maybe going the same route that Logan Applegate's going. But he, combined with the talent that they already had, has made them just an absolute force. Um, they've played – a really tough schedule. They played Kickapoo down to the wire. Uh, watching them yesterday against East Newton, Mike, uh, it, it was like they could never get – they had a big lead early. East Newton clawed and scrapped back, and then they extended it again in the fourth quarter. I think they went on a 12 or 13-0 run, and they've got that big run, big play uh, capability with all the pieces. 
Cannon Gibson is a kid we've seen for the last two or three years. Uh, as a sophomore, he was about a five nine point guard that was strictly a shooter. He's grown. He's six three or six four now, and, and and a dynamic player. And then we've heard the Brugman name, uh, Bergman Brugman. I, I don't know how to pronounce it, but he's a good player for them as well. So they're going to be tough. And I think uh, everyone down in Logan Rogersville feels like they're a Final Four type team. And uh, you know, I looking at our schedule, I think after Bishop Miege. This will be the most complete team uh, when you combine skill and athleticism that we've seen all year. You did play them a year ago and uh, in the crossover and, and won the ball game 44-41. So uh, has it just been a matter of adding these couple of pieces that has made them so much better? I think it has. So they return three or four starters from that team a year ago who have all gotten better, more athletic. And then you combine that returned experience and improvement with – uh, the done kid and it's it's taken them to a whole nother level and they play a style of basketball that a matchup zone where it just allows their athleticism to constantly cause you trouble and uh, they don't have to score in the 80s to beat you they're comfortable playing games in the 40s and 50s and beating teams so uh, it'll be fun. we've had a couple good battles some fun games with them in the last couple of years and you know they're a potential uh, postseason matchup, if you get out of district play, uh, really good chance that's a team you'll see in the state playoffs. So it'll be a good test for us, and regardless, it should be a, a game that makes us better. Absolutely. Yeah, they are in Class 5 District 11, and they are obviously the one seed. Uh, they play McDonald County in the first-round game coming up next week. So, And 11 and 12 will meet each other in the sectional. So you're exactly right. If you can get out of out of uh, District 12, you'll most likely see them again. So uh, we'll see how that all pans out. Uh, but uh, you wrap up the regular season on Friday night. I do want to, before we, uh, I move on to postseason, do want to mention uh, your C team is done for the year. Uh, they, do they play tomorrow? So we we added a late addition. Okay. Uh, right. They're going to play Springfield Catholic okay. uh, tomorrow. And, and uh, we it, it's a fruit tr- it's a true freshman team for us. You know, nowadays it gets called a C team a lot, yeah. but we've played all freshmen and uh, they've had a heck of a year. And they'll they'll wrap things up tomorrow against Catholic. Okay, I want, okay, I'll, I'll hold that thought then because I was going. I thought it was just JV and varsity, and uh, originally tomorrow. it was. Mike. And so uh, so we'll hold that thought on them uh, to next week because they've had a nice year. So we want to make sure we mention them and we we'll talk about them next week. All right, so let's talk about the the class. Uh, Five District 12 tournament that gets underway on Tuesday next week on the boys' side. Again, only a four-team district. Let's talk about the seed meeting first. Uh, came out Webb City, Nevada, uh, Harrisonville, and Carl Junction in that order. Uh, that was done last Saturday. So, um, you know, there were some couple of different scenarios there, but uh, probably in a heart of hearts, probably came out the way we thought it would. Yeah, and I, th- I think um, for a big part of the season – I felt like Web City was probably deserving of the one and, and us at the two line based on the body of work and everything we'd seen. Over the over the week or two leading up to the seed meeting, Web City maybe didn't play as well as they'd been playing. And then they lost a game to Branson, yeah. who Branson then turned around and the night before the seed meeting dropped a game to Carl Junction. And, uh, you know, then I thought, you know what? we're the only team in our district that does not have a bad loss. Uh, when you combine that with the fact that over the last six weeks, we really felt like our team was playing as good or better than anyone in the area. Uh, we made a strong case for the one seed and uh, I, there was a lot of discussion about it. Uh, Harrisonville's coach had a couple questions uh, in the seed meeting, but I think it came down to Carl Junction being very familiar with Web City's schedule uh, and then I think also Harrisonville, having played Web City head-to-head and seen them in person, 
uh, maybe carried some weight as well. But uh, Web City gets the one seed. They've had a heck of a year. Uh, very, very, very good team. And uh, we ended up with the two, Harrisonville at the three, and uh, then Carl Junction at the four. Harrisonville, who we'll talk about in a minute, had a good year as well. And uh, th- they'll be a tough a first-round matchup for us. I don't know if Carl Junction's starting to get things together or not, but you mentioned the win against Branson. Then they just beat Joplin a couple of mm-hmm. days ago. And uh, we know how you know what kind of talent that they have over there at Joplin. So, I don't know, maybe they're putting things together here towards the end of the season down there. Four-team district, like you say, it's it's probably easier – manipulate's not the right word, but you know, you know what I mean. It's, with only four-team district, it's easier to get a matchup that you want. And probably Harrisonville having just lost to Web City. I'm sure that played into their minds a little bit. It did. And Harrisonville has a ball club that's of the uh, kind of, of a big physical variety. And I think maybe, you know, Web City's got maybe more of a true post player, maybe more depth inside uh, to take away some of that inside scoring that Harrisonville <laughs> wants to do. Uh, and I think maybe they feel like they've got a better chance against us who, you know, we're, we don't have quite the, the same overall height that a Web City has. So, uh, you know, no qualms with the way this, the seed, seed meeting turned out. And uh, if we play good basketball, we feel like we can beat anybody regardless. Mm-hmm. Well, that matchup will be on Tuesday. Again, the matchups, first round will be a semifinals, we'll just call it. Semifinals will be on Tuesday night at 7 o'clock at both sites. Uh, Carl Junction will be at Webb City. And uh, Harrisonville will be at uh, Nevada at Wynn Gymnasium. And, uh, boy, I can't remember the last time Nevada had a home district game. We were supposed to have the district tournament, actually, if it, if it had been a normal year. Uh, but uh, just to get the home game, first of all, I'm sure it's really nice. It is. We love playing at home, and uh, hopefully we can maximize whatever you know capacity restrictions we have and, and get a good turnout and uh, uh, have, have no doubt that our guys will show up ready to go. Well, you're going to take on a Harrisonville team that right now, as of today, is sitting at 15-8 uh, and on the season. Last time Nevada saw them was 2009 in the Class 4 District 13 tournament. Nevada getting a 15-point victory against the Wildcats in, in that tournament. So tell us about this Wildcat team that has uh, switched conferences recently, may play more of a Kansas City schedule now. So tell us about the Wildcats. They're a good ball club. Uh, Brooks Langers is a heck of a player. He's scoring you know, 22, 23 points a game. Uh, he's the coach's son. He was a good player a year ago as a junior, but – played on a more balanced team with a lot of different pieces a year ago. This year he's kind of taken over that alpha role and really makes them go uh, really athletic and shoot it from the three-point line. Uh, this game against Catholic will be a good test for us because the Howe kid and the Langers kid are somewhat similar in their ability to hurt you in different ways. Uh, should help us get prepared. And then uh, Harrisonville's got good at They've got a 6'8 kid, a couple 6'4 kids. Um, they rebound the ball well. Uh, Coach Tyler and I just went up and watched them at Pleasant Hill last night. and uh, They're a good ball club that's hard-nosed and tough, so uh, it will be a, a good challenge for us, and we'll have to play well if we want to move on. That tip-off will be at 7 o'clock on uh, Tuesday night, and uh, um, you know this group that you've got playing varsity right now is both senior-loaded, uh, and I'm sure this is a uh, uh, this is uh, something they've been looking for all, t- all season long. It's going to be a tough district, getting uh, basically moved up to Class 5, just barely into Class 5. So uh, there, no matter who you play, there's no gimmies, certainly in this district tournament. Yeah, and these guys have their whole career been faced with tough district uh, tournaments, and this will be nothing new. And we feel like the fact that we've played in tough districts before, the fact that we're really challenging ourselves coming down the stretch here in the regular season – should help prepare us, and uh, 
Uh, this is a group that we think will rise to the occasion. The two winners on Tuesday will meet in the district championship game. It'll be on Friday, uh, March the 5th. Again, tip-off at 7. It'll be at the site of the higher seed. So uh, keep that in mind. That's also a COVID issue for this year. So, uh, of course, we'll have all the coverage for you coming up over the next few days on uh, next two nights on AM 1240 KODN, the audio stream, and on NevadaMOTV.com next Tuesday night. Also, again, uh, those same outlets, plus 97.5 FM KNMO, unless we have a liberal sectional game, which is a possibility, next Tuesday as well. One thing about Nevada TV, and I'm going to reiterate this several times in the next few days, uh, due to mission guidelines now, Postseason play, starting with districts, uh, pay, uh, video streaming is pay-per-view. So that will start with district play next week. You had it in football. We'll have it again in basketball. Don't shoot the messenger. That <laughs> comes from the Missouri State High School Activities Association, and uh, we'll give you more details on that over the next couple of days. But, uh, Sean, uh, congratulations on the season so far. We've got more to go, and uh, uh, you got some really good basketball games to play over the next few days. And uh, hopefully uh, next Wednesday we're talking about a district title game. I hope you're right, Mike, and uh, this little run we're about to go on should be pretty fun. Looking forward to it. All right, that's our great coach, Sean Gray. When we come back, wrestling on the agenda, they are knee-deep in postseason right now. We'll come back and talk with coach David Hawks. Andrew Pickin has that conversation after this timeout on Tiger Talk. 